It is that time for a closer, more analytical look at the week's top news stories. And boy, we had a few. So let's go to the roundtable. <laughs> All right, some introductions first. Ed Pozzuoli is an attorney in Fort Lauderdale, president of the Trip Scott Law Firm, and an influential voice in the Republican Party. Melba Pearson is the deputy director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Florida and former prosecutor with the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office. Bernadette Norris Weeks is an attorney with the law firm Austin Pammies Norris Weeks and founder of the Women of Color Empowerment Institute. Welcome. I know I didn't pronounce that right, did I? You did. <laughs> yes. We are glad you all are here and Bernadette, great to, great to have you join us yeah. here on the roundtable. Ed, let's begin if we can with this, I thought, extraordinary exchange before the House Judiciary Committee when Matt Gates, the congressman from North Florida, very close advisor to uh, Governor DeSantis and close to President Trump, you know, sort of stood up or didn't stand up, but he said that, you know, passing uh, uh, background checks isn't going to really change who get, gets shot. We need a wall on the southern border. And then Manny Oliver and Fred Gutenberg, who were in the audience, stood up and objected. We've got a little video we could run, I think, from that uh, uh, moment. Uh, uh, I, and there is Congressman Gates. He's a young tiger, you know, smart guy and very outspoken. And there you see Manny Oliver in the beard, Fred Gutenberg sitting next to him, objecting to it. Uh, Ed, what did you make of that moment? I mean, did it achieve anything, underscore anything? Well, it's clear there's high emotions running as we approach the anniversary of uh, you know, MSD tragedy. And, and, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to the parents and the families. And I know that's not good enough uh, for them. And I think, I think what we need to focus on, particularly locally in Broward, is how do we keep our public schools safe? Right. And so how, when, when kids are entrusted to the schools, how do they make sure they come home, not only full with knowledge, but also uh, full of life and vigor. And so that's the key. And so some of the things that, that the school board has done, some of the things that the, some of the parents have suggested hasn't happened. All of those things need to continue to push so we can protect our students. Uh, okay, but let me go back to the, the essence of what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Bernadette, he, you know, Congressman Gates was saying, listen, we need this wall because that's where your security is going to come from. It factually is that does that hold water? Well, it was it was misplaced in this um, instance, and the Parkland parents have every reason to be upset about the the comment because this is the first um, hearing in eight years that's taken place by this committee on gun violence. There haven't been any, and, and that's only because the Democrats are in control now, of course, uh, in in the um, in the House of Representatives. But having said that, um, to use that moment to really echo uh, things that the, the the president had had said. Uh, just in a State of a Union address a few days earlier, I think really speaks to the fact that the Republican Party is really on message more than anything else. And it doesn't really matter what the issue is. They're going to stay on message. But, but I do have to say this. I mean, the bottom line is a wall would not have protected Parkland, period, end of right. story. Universal background right. checks, higher chance of preventing it. Or right? may I say any other mass murder in a school in the last no. 20 years. Yeah, and that's the, the ultimate point though is we can have a debate about the Second Amendment and, and I would stand, honestly I would stand with Matt Gates on some of this. But the bottom line is is that that does little to actually do things that we can come together as a community and help put police officers in schools, harden, the, harden those schools from a security standpoint, 
protect our students. There was a whole list of things that the MSD Commission came out with mm -hmm. that should be implemented immediately or as quickly as possible. And, and, but I, and I'll, say, didn't bring and I'll us there. say in defense to, um, of um, uh, Superintendent Runcie, many of those things have been done and he is not getting credit and the school district is not getting credit for the things that they have implemented. Hardening schools they've done, they have more cameras than ever before. They did a lot of the things that were even mentioned in the report prior to implement, prior yeah. to the report being issued. Yeah, Bernadette, I, I, and I'm not disagreeing with some of what you're saying, but I've got to say I, I sort of had a moment as a journalist uh, this past week when Superintendent Runcie met with parents of freshmen sophomores at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and kept the press out and, and as if somehow the presence of reporters was going to inhibit parents who are already concerned and angry from telling the truth or telling him what they think. I mean, I, I just don't uh, agree. What? I think that was a bad decision. Well, I don't know what the what the issues were in terms of um, making that move. I can say that sometimes when the press is involved, and I've experienced this as a lawyer and representing high-profile clients, um, things do escalate. And people say things that they normally would not say, and sometimes people play to the media, and, and of course yeah. you all know that happens. And so I think, but but I think but I think in this case, what the superintendent is also probably trying to do, as you know. Um, um, school safety issues are issues in, in some respects that are protected by public records and documents and maybe he wanted to say certain things in a certain setting with a smaller group of people that he didn't want amplified. I don't know what that what that may be but yeah. well I mean I, I don't know Ed you're a very good lawyer you know Florida public record laws and sunshine laws and you know somehow to say for the Broward County School District Attorney to say, yeah, we can have school board members at the meeting as long as only one of them speaks. I mean, yeah, that seems yeah, to be, yeah. you know, kind of winking at reality. But, but I do think, I do agree with some of what Bernadette did say, that the school district has made some effort to do some things. They, they have complied with the MSD law put forth last, Feb last February, March putting SROs in every school. They've done some things to harden. They've used some of that bond money. I do think some of those things have occurred. The question becomes, have they done it quick enough? Have they addressed the issues around the promise program? Are they accurately counting mm -hmm. you know, and keeping track of crimes that occur? And right. so some of those things need to be better. Now, you know, and so there are points, and this goes back to your opening. I'll, I'll be blunt with you. That is a lightning rod political issue, the Second Amendment, and it does nothing to keep our kids safer. And so I would say, I would say both to you as a media uh, personalities as well as to the newspaper, we need to stay focused on doing things that will keep our students safe. And that's well, something that we can well, agree I, on. And our well, representatives think, should do the same and, thing as well. And I think <laughs> if we can take um, AR semi-automatic weapons out of the hands of regular people, that would certainly go a long way to keep our communities safe. And the House is looking to repeal some of the uh, progress we've made last session with reducing right. the age from 21 to <clears throat> eight, back down to well. 18 in order to buy weapons. So, you know what? There's, um, that, that's a good place to start. Let's take a quick break. And there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack there. So two minutes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back with the roundtable. Bernadette Norris Weeks, Melba Pearson, Ed Pozzuoli talking about school safety generally. More specifically, the Promise Program, as it's called in Broward, it's uh, that kind of program, a second chance kind of program, is in every school district, urban school district in Florida. 
and Melba, the, the ACLU and you have been um, really on the forefront of, of these criminal justice issues. The Promise program is in place because of the disproportionate discipline to people of color in schools. However, in the case as we've seen in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas's case, there are cracks in the system. The shooter fell through one of them. And, and as Ed pointed out before, a lot of people think this is sort of a path to leniency that really is very dangerous. What's the sweet spot there? Well, the sweet spot is is to analyze what's working and what's not. Again, I mean, we have to be very cautious and make sure that students of color are not disproportionately being pushed out. But there is data that shows that counselors and program and counseling programs in schools reduce misbehavior up to 30 percent. So these these programs do work. The question is, what went wrong here? What can we change to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And make sure that the people who need the help, the children that need the help, get the help because they're still kids so we have to keep that in mind and also know the fact that if there's mental health concerns that they be addressed appropriately not necessarily just pushing them out and yeah. you know I see the benefit of the program on the underlying policy piece but if there's an atmosphere of leniency that ultimately puts other students at risk uh, that becomes an issue and and that is the issue around the promise program and how it was being <coughs> implemented in and around Broward County because remember it's just not the school board involved mm -hmm. there's a series of organizations involved st the state attorney's office the courts you know mental yeah. health piece so all of those things need to be brought into focus and you cannot have an atmosphere of leniency to the detriment of students who are who are not the you know the right. troubled students, yeah, you right? But but them. you can't push them out altogether either. Yeah. These are still students that need help. And what we have to realize is the Promise Program is really very similar to what the state legislature already has in place for detention programs or you know rehabilitation type programs. So it's really not very much difference other than giving the kids maybe an additional chance or or something like that to to get better. And who's going to argue with that when it's effective? In this case, um, the school district and their repeat offender type of um, issues. I think there were only 11 kids out of you know all of the kids who went through the Promise program and um, who repeated offenses or got in trouble the second year in a row. That we so know we're of. That we know of. Which but, is an but, issue. But, and, yeah. and we have to, um, at this point, if we don't have any other data, accept that data as, as, as yeah. being accurate. No, no, we don't. And so no, I we, think. No, we don't. I don't think we have to accept that well, data at all. Because if you don't trust it, but yeah. if you don't trust it, the bottom line is if you don't trust the program, it's time to revamp it and re revisit well, and, it. And, and I'm afraid the Broward County Public Schools has not been transparent in all of many of these issues. In fact, they went out of their way to obfuscate and make it harder to see what some of these policies are. Well, and what, that's they, what they will argue is that the, the, the Parkland parents and other groups were doing an investigation at the same time that the school district was trying to cooperate with the state's attorney's office and other entities to do their investigation. Yeah. And to duplicate those efforts would not have been in the best interest of the school district in order to get out all of the information yeah. that was necessary. And so that's what you'll hear from, um, I think, the school district um, um, commissioners or, uh, or representatives as well as the, the, the superintendent. You know, I want to go back to something that we spoke earlier about um, the, the governor's budget is, uh, you know, heavily into environment and education, as he promised, and um, part of the school allocations rate he raised per student spending. I mean, it's a lot of good news that I'm hearing in the school districts. Ed, part of it, um, a lot of mental health funding, $10 million in mental health funding. But the question is, 
he this is a budget proposal Correct. and now he takes it to a house whose speaker Jose Oliva of Miami is is looking to cut budgets and cut spending how's that going to fly well i think it's Look, it's not dead on arrival, right? So I think that there's going to be a discussion about it. You're talking about $400 million for teacher bonuses yeah. and a revamping of how the teacher bonuses are calculated. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, if, if you're a 40-year-old teacher and they're looking back at your SAT score when you were 18 years old. We, we always thought that, that was worth That seems to me to be kind of yeah. Yeah. something that needs adjusting. So I think that's wise. And I think what you're seeing from Governor DeSantis is some common sense proposals. And what it does show, though, whether or not his budget is going to be accepted, it does show his priorities. And so from, you know, the, the, you know, the, the bully pulpit piece, he is driving issues based upon where he's, putting, where he's putting emphasis in the budget place. And that's really important, education, environment, and some economy. And, of course, i got to give credit where credit is due, yet again. Very good. That was I mean, sort of a Nancy Pelosi look. <laughs> no, no, she didn't give me the little clap. She did not I, I, give me the little clap. Did not, did not give me the clap. Along with, along <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, more financing towards teachers and raising their salaries creates more diverse teachers, which is directly tied to better outcomes in student learning. So this is, you know, I support anything that's going to keep our kids learning and to make our, our public schools better. And, and I, for and, one, and would never compare you to Nancy Pelosi. Just the expression, not the Well, I'll say that, <laughs> that, that it is um, a step in the right direction. This governor, governor has proven himself to be, um, at least so far, pragmatic in his thinking about some of the the policies but the devil's in the details and what happens with the budget and how forceful this governor is with really getting um, to those uh, his legislative colleagues and um, or people in the legislature especially Republican legislators who are um, heck been on um, you know keeping the keeping the line on spending um, I don't know how that's going to work and we have to realize that DeSantis is or at least in the in Congress he was one of the members of the hard right freedom caucus and so uh, he, um, he you know and he, he appears excuse me Bernadette he appears to have undergone a kind of a metamorphosis he was one thing in congress but since he's been in town I don't think it's a metamorphosis and, and that, and I think it's practical conservative and, and, leadership and that and that is <laughs> okay. great that is great and we also have to recognize and that's why I'm you know the devil's in the details and I'm holding out hope on this governor um, we know who he's appointed as his um, person to lead the department of education you know someone who is yeah. um, you know really a strong Richard supporter Kirkland. of charter schools and tremendously knowledgeable on education and, and so we will see and Big what this, of what this, schools and his wife runs one. Well, I mean, it, we'll uh, see what the, this gets replaced with. So great, abolish Common Core. That's good. It gives teachers more flexibility. But what is it going to be replaced the with? The devil is in the detail. The devil is in the detail. All Always. right. Well, thank you all for a good, lively roundtable. It's a rough crowd here today. <laughs> <laughs>